0: which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you Miracle Made for sponsoring this episode. Fake the nation episode
1: 204.
0: Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we arrive into New York's Lower East Side, only to see a thousand murals dedicated to Black Lives Matter. And they're lovely. I am your host, Nagin Farsad. And I just got off a red eye, but a few hours ago. That's right. I was flying with a toddler and a dog during a pandemic. Uh, So will I be coherent today? Probably not. But do I have a panel that's going to cover for me because they're so fantastic? Yes, I do. Today, I am joined by a comedian coming to us from her fabulous basement apartment. Uh, you've heard her on the show before. You've loved her. She kills. She's fantastic. You guys, at Shalewa Sharp. Hey, Shalewa. Hey, how you doing? I mean, like, puffy-eyed and really, like, weird feeling. Sure. But good. Sure. Um, and... Joining us for the very first time on Fake the Nation, I actually emceed a show once where she was being honored. Why was she being honored? Because she's a fucking legend, you guys. She's a total badass. You know her as the host of Democracy Now!, which is broadcast on a gazillion different places, but you could also find it on democracynow.org. It's a daily news hour. I don't need to tell you that because, like I said, she's a legend. She's also the writer of Democracy Now! 20 years covering the movement, changing America. A woman who needs no introduction, it's Amy Goodman. Hey, Amy Goodman. Hey, it's
1: great to be with you.
0: I'm impressed that you can wear a hat in today's heat. It's like a hat one today. I
1: think of it as my thinking cap. It allows me to really
0: focus. Focus in. Yeah, I like that. Um, Let's get into it with topic number one. So... Before we—we're going to talk about abolishing the police and what that means. But before we do that, I want to know from you guys, what do you feel about the last week? Just, just initial thoughts uh, on the last week from, from dumb to extraordinary. Uh, Amy?
1: I mean, what we have seen in this country is an epic uprising that could change the world. I mean, it depends because it can't stop now. We saw a horrific crime captured on tape. The fact that George Floyd's life was snuffed out on Memorial Day is very significant in Minneapolis by the Minneapolis police. And I'm not just going to say one police officer. We're talking about four. It took more than one because a crowd of bystanders were there, they needed to be contained. One of them did that, who had accusations of excessive violence, using excessive violence in his past. And then two more in addition to Derek Chauvin, the man who put his knee on the neck of George Floyd, also held him down. So all four have been charged, but that day was Memorial Day, when we remember the war dead. And I think we should think about that in this way right now in this country. It's a war on communities of color. It's not as if communities of color are shocked by what has taken place, but the fact is it was captured on tape. And you know who captured it on tape? A 17-year-old teenage girl. And she never stopped recording. Faces death threats now, is afraid for her life. It is just astounding. And now all the world sees what took place as he cried out for his dead mother, almost three of the minutes that George Floyd was held down, he was unresponsive. He was handcuffed and unresponsive. And the world has responded all over this country. I mean, even as we speak today, people are in the streets all over the United States holding up signs that say Black Lives Matter. And it's people across the political spectrum. I mean, even Mitt Romney is walking in the streets of Washington, D.C., saying <laughs> Black Lives Matter. Of yeah. course, he's one of the few Republican elected officials who dared to do that, but he did. Um, and you have corporations weighing in. It would be great if they paid uh, their workers. and um, But uh, they are weighing in saying they're going to give millions to organizations that work for equality. But most importantly, you have the grassroots activists who are dedicating their lives to making this world a more equal, just place. Um, It has been just an astounding week in the midst of a pandemic where people are risking their lives just to go out on the streets.
0: It has been a amazing week. And I also, I'm really glad you brought up the thing with corporations, because as people, I think, are, you know, posting the Black Lives Matter hashtag... They're also ordering shit from Amazon, you know, and I'm like, we need to, guys, like, regulate our thinking here. You know what I mean? (laughs) We, you know, let's not do two contradictory things. And And with corporations, I'm like, that's great that you want to give money to other organizations to combat, blah, 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 blah. But- why don't you just pay your workers a living wage? Because this all comes down to inequality. So, um,
1: in, in income inequality. In By the particular. way, not to mention that they're the ones who got the money in the big bailout, the CARES bill, right? They got millions and millions and millions of dollars not to furlough, not to lay off, not to fire their workers. They did anyway. And they gave their bosses millions more to pocket. So for all of those reasons, the hypocrisy is enormous.
0: Not to mention that. We'll just pretend like that was unmentioned. (laughs) Shalewa, your reactions Hmm. of the last week.
2: Uh, Honestly, I'm surprised that this protest is sticking.
0: Are you feeling hopeful that it it is stuck this long? Or what do you, how does that make you feel?
2: I don't, I, um... There's always a, a a level. There's a always a thin ribbon of hope with me, um, <laughs> but it has. I mean, it has worn and it has frayed um, uh, as the time has gone on, and like.
0: But I still see the glow in your cheeks. Uh, yeah, that could know? just
2: be serum. That could be a serum. But I. Um, I mean, it's. They're just. It's sticking in a way that I, I did not expect because um as horrific as this um situation was and is it is not the first within the past m- few months right. within the past year right. within the past 2 years certainly within the past 5 years um and uh, and i mean not even like the first time that um a a black person um has been uh, brutally beaten or killed by police but um, that it's been caught on tape. I mean, that has been going on for uh, a while. And uh, and that has touched the nation and has um, made people take to the streets and burn things. So this isn't even... I've been living in New York for seven years, and this isn't even the first time that's happened in the seven years I've been in New York. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And... Um, and within that seven years, this is almost novel again. Like, the, and I, I, but it also seems to be sticking. I feel like last time around, um, you know, babynames dot com didn't list all, you know, the names of recently um, killed Black people at the hands of police on the front page of their site. Right. That was surprising. I'm like, oh wow, I didn't know that we had the minds and hearts of the people at babynames.com. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm seeing, like, companies... Right. Um, or, like... Just kind or of... Like, com- who I never would yeah. have expected to even Or, like, Nickelodeon. Notice. You know what I mean? Yes, it, like, stuff right. like that. I You're mean,
0: like, that's so interesting.
2: That's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, um, I, I'd like to believe that they would... Um, that something will happen to back up all of not, this. Not um, that
0: we're easily influenced by naked corporate pandering. Uh, no, but I mean, it's nevertheless, nice to see them scramble. Yeah.
2: It's nice to see them scramble. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nice to see them, like, it's nice to see wheels turning yes. and people realizing, oh, okay, we can't just... Ignore. Yeah, we can't ignore it. We can't... Unfor- I'm so sorry, um Democratic Congress people, we can't just drape a kente cloth scarf on it and then <laughs> hope that it's gone by like next month. We have nothing but time right now. We have, we're have we all in the House trying to dodge other situations. So yeah, we've got time to really focus in. It really was, uh, I don't know if perfect is the word I want to use, but perfect is the one, a perfect storm in order to really get companies to um, pay attention. Um, And I, you know, I mean, who would have thought that defund the police would become uh, an actual talking point? Well, let's talk Um, about
0: defund the police and let's talk about abolish the police. Uh, So, I mean, for example, in in Minneapolis, uh, they're looking to cut 200 million dollars from its one point three billion dollar over overall budget um the police budget in 2020 was 189 million um what you know and of course they want to reallocate that spending to mental health housing and education um what do you think of these movements uh amy defund the police um or abolish the police Uh, Is defund the police just a
1: neutered version of abolish the police? I mean, defund the police is a whole range, and it's about cutting major amounts of money from police departments. And yes, the Minneapolis City Council at this point has a veto-proof majority, if they were to vote now— to dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. And this has happened in other cities, for example, like Camden, New Jersey, when it was just thought to be uh, absolutely too flawed to rebuild in any way. Um, But I also want to say, it has unleashed a wave of videotapes of police departments all over the country. I mean, what we just saw, and all sorts of um, uh, other... um, actions. For example, Javier Amblin, a man who was killed over a year ago. We now see the videotape, and this is right outside of Austin. It's leading to a grand jury being impaneled and perhaps the police officers involved with him. You know his crime? I hmm. uh, this is even according to the police, is that he failed to dim his lights Uh, at oncoming traffic and there was a sheriff's deputy that was driving in his direction. So he did not dim his lights. (sighs) They ended up dragging him out of his car. And as he said to them, I am not resisting. I have, uh, I have... uh, you know, coronary disease. I have coronary uh, uh, heart failure. Um, They went after him. When he couldn't move his arms back for them to handcuff, he said, I am not resisting. I can't breathe. This was a year ago. Why are we seeing the videotape just this week released by the the state? Um, And we're seeing this now all over the country, one videotape after another. And this is also helping to fuel, defund the police. I mean, right now, you know that in Washington, D.C., Mayor Muriel Bowser had the words, Black Lives Matter in massive gold Mm. block letters uh, written along a new street um, called, you know, Black Lives Matter Plaza. I don't know if it's called Black Lives Matter Way, 1600 Black Lives Matter Way that President Trump lives on now. Um, But you can see it from space. Next to that, activists wrote the words in almost as big letters, defund the Police in huge gold letters. And no matter how Trump wants to erase these streets, uh, he doesn't get to do it because whatever he thinks, he doesn't own the streets. But I did want to share this absolutely astounding comment um, of President Trump, how it is possible, last Friday, in the midst of issuing another lie, it was the labor statistics. This is after George Floyd was murdered. Um, He's issuing labor statistics that had to be corrected this week. They hadn't gone up. They hadn't gone down, as he said. They actually, for the Black community, went up unemployment. But President Trump said, as he stood in the Rose Garden, hopefully George is looking down right now and saying this is a great thing that's happening for our country. He went on. There's There's a great day for him. It's a great day for everybody. It's a great day for everybody. There's a great day in terms of equality. Again, hopefully George is looking down right now and saying this is a great thing that's happening in our country. He said this is a great day for (laughs) him.
0: It's an impeachable offense. Just that statement is an impeachable offense. He should be impeached again. And did he say anything the day he was
1: laid to rest this week? No, no, not a word, not condolences uh, to his family or the president making a statement. No, but he said it's a great day for George.
0: Can I tell you guys an interesting thing that uh, (laughs) happened when I was in in Palm Springs visiting my parents? Um, They watch a lot of Turkish TV shows. And uh, they were saying, you know, as um, Iranian immigrants may, uh, sh- let me know, other Iranian listeners, do you watch a lot of Turkish TV shows? <laughs> I'm dying to know. Is it just my parents? Anyway, um, they're watching a Turkish TV show. We were talking about abol- abolish the police. They were asking me what that meant and all that stuff. Um, they were like t- endlessly talking about Muriel Bowser. They love her. Anyways, big fans at the Farsad residence. And... Um, and I, they were saying that there was a, a scene where um, a, a, a person like a social worker came to a, a house that, that was having a domestic, debu- uh, domestic dispute in this T- Turkish TV show. The social worker came to the house and then waiting outside by the car was a police officer who may have had some sort of weapon that waited in the car. And then the social worker was dispatched to inside the home to deal with the situation. If shit got real, then the police officer would have been called from the car. This is actually, and I was like, what this happened in a Turkish tell, because that's one of the ideas in um, it, that that's popping up and abolish the police, that the police should just merely be back up to the real work of delivering social services like conflict resolution um, and, uh, you know, and other forms of social work, uh, men- yeah, mental health gonna work. Change,
2: that's going to change uh, how Law & Order,
0: I know.
2: not <laughs> yeah, I mean, the TV show Law & Order, like how those shows right, are going to be run. Right, right. For sure. That's going to be, that's gonna be a, a real switch. Right,
0: right, but, right. But you know, Sh-
1: Shalewa, that's a really important point because I talked about Javier Amblin, who was mm-hmm. just killed a year ago, but now we have the videotape. Live PD
0: yes, was there Live in PD. the back
1: seat and they filmed it. And now this week it was just announced that cops has been canceled. How is it possible that these shows are allowed to drive with the police in the police cars? Are they egging them on? Instead of no, instead of mental health services, social services being there, people are trained to deal with conflict. They have entertainment to rev this all up. But amazingly, Live PD said after the 2019 murder, of which we've just seen the videotape right now, and it is horrifying, they said they destroyed the tape. So they destroyed the evidence. They knew exactly what happened a year ago. I can't
0: believe COPS was uh, canceled. And Live PD is so popular. It is always on. Um, and, you know, the, the the thing is, there's. I want to just point out a congressional study that found... Um, again, like when we're talking about abolish the police, I don't want people to be afraid of what that means because it doesn't mean you call 911 and nothing happens, right? And I think that's a little bit the fear for me as a political mantra that people will, you know, spin it to use the, uh, you know, the its opposite meaning. And that is not what it means, that you call 911 and nothing happens, right? Um, for example, if we... in if you call 911 in Austin right now, they ask you, are you talking about do you need the police, fire department or mental health services? Right, so they they're breaking down like what is the actual need on this 911 call? As opposed to everywhere as Eugene um deploys a medic and a crisis worker with mental health training to emergency calls. Uh that's in Eugene, Oregon. Um and uh, in Camden, New Jersey, which had a history of violence, revamped its policing in 2017. Officers started handing out more warnings instead of tickets, and they underwent a training that placed an emphasis on officers holding fire, uh, and um, and that's shown to be effective. Um, in communities where there's interrupters, that those are people that sort of like help mediate between gang factions. Um, shootings and gang violence have significantly decreased. Uh, Providing at-risk youth counseling and cognitive behavioral skill building decreases violent crime arrests by 50%. In mediation at schools where there's a dialogue between victims and offenders, uh, for example, in an Oakland middle school, suspensions declined by 87% and expulsions declined to zero. So this is what people are talking about when they're talking about Abolishing the police. Tell your racist uncle, this is what they're talking about. Um, I don't want us to be afraid of the, this idea. We've been so law and ordered into believing that um, that the TV show is what is happening, and, and is the way you know, so and then, that they're only so heroes.
2: My, my question then is, yeah. how do we uh, how do we get the word out that that is What they're talking about. What it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like already people are confused between defend uh, or defund and abolish. Yeah. So how are, how are we, how are we able to explain? Because a lot of this is happening on social media and social media moves very quickly. um, And context is the most adorable suggestion. (laughs) <laughs> but um, not necessarily something that uh, that is happening. Right. Um, I mean, people may, You know what I mean? And I know there's no like, um, like. I I just feel like there should be in the hopper. There should be other terms that are just as catchy, that can help explain. Because now we're not even just talking about, like, it, trying to explain what abolish means, um, but how to truly break it down into pieces for the various levels within this country. Cause this country is huge. We're talking millions of people. We want them to understand ultimately what happens, but yeah. some, someone's going to get caught on the word. And
0: then the, it, they, they are. And know? that's, what's frustrating about the, the, yeah. And that's exactly what's frustrating about abolish the police as a slogan, even though it makes so much sense to me,
1: mm-hmm. I know
0: that for like, you know, my uh, Trump supporting cousin, it's a uh, nonstarter, you know, right. the, that that phrase, that turn of phrase is just ultimately a nonstarter. Um, Amy, do you have any suggestions on how we do this?
1: Well, I Can just, just want to solve America
0: for us right now.
1: Clearly defend uh, def. Well, defend black lives and defund the police has really sent shock waves through the establishment, and I would say Democrats and Republicans, because now even Republicans are scrambling to figure out how to answer to preserve the police departments, but they know they have to make concessions, something they rarely do. And you have the Democrats who, I mean, uh, you know, as we know, this has been going on for a long time, who are now coming up with major bills where they are saying yes. Um, I mean, Mayor de Blasio in New York originally was completely opposed, and then he talked about, yes, reallocating hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, you have Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, and they're talking about changing huge amounts of financial priorities and shifting them. It's had an enormous difference. It So rarely do you have a moment where you have the discussion uh, open up. It's always between the far right and the right. And now it's expanded more. And they're talking about national registries of human rights abusing police. So you can't just go from Minneapolis, you killed someone, so you go to the next town. Uh, They're talking about um, no chokeholds, things that we would think are obvious. And they're listing just one issue after another, I mean, the Minneapolis um, Police Department has now, the schools have ended their contract with the Minneapolis Police Department and the police chief of Minneapolis, just before I came on this interview, I was watching him in an extremely rare news conference say he's ending negotiations with the police union. He said, this isn't about giving them less money. This isn't about, um, you know, taking away their pensions. This is about taking their right to kill and to uh, maim, um, that this is where we have to change the discussion. And that term, and, you know, as I talked to Black Lives Matter activists saying, if we don't talk money, nobody cares. We had to come up with a term that meant real structural dollars. Yeah. And then everyone listens. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, that, that, yeah, and, and it does, it, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a head turner. You know what I mean? Um, let's close on this. I have a question for you, Shalewa. This is, yeah. um, a little detour from the subject of abolishing the police. I got an, an email just about how all this is playing out on social media on a more interpersonal level. A listener wrote and asked me about the phrase that she sees all the time on on social media, or, or sorry, they see all the time on social media. Uh, we are all the same, and and uh, and they wrote, while it seems to be well intended, it glosses over the fact that we are not treated the same. And asked me what I thought of that term, Shalewa, I'll 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 let you know what I think, but first I want to hear what you think of when when you hear people say we are all the same, and I, I've no, seen not it the all same. over.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're not the same clearly Right. <laughs> or else, or else we wouldn't be here. I mean, yeah. 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 I, why would I have to declare that my life matters if we're all the same? Right. Do you, you know, so it's, uh, it's, um, it's a way of, uh, explaining how, you, uh, an individual who is, you know, who has never seen color. I don't see color. I only see good people things of that nature, how they're not they are not racist, um, uh, to which I have to say, I mean, if you're raised in America, um, you are. And that goes across the board. It's a um, it's a massive unlearning we have to do. I have to unlearn a lot of stuff, which is what I am currently doing just to make sure that I am uh, thinking clearly about things and really trying mm. to see what the next steps are and what's holding me back what my gut re- so but we we are we're, we're not the same and the problem is that when you say that, you want to stop a discussion. But we can't stop a discussion right now. We have to truly talk. It's going to be uncomfortable. Oh, it's going to be rough, (laughs) y'all. It's going to be rough. And that's that's fine. But it's the work we have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's what we, we have to do. We have to read. We have to talk. We have to listen to the differences because that is... Uh, how you get to a sense of understanding where you're like, oh, I see, we aren't the same because this has been happening to you and yours, and I've never experienced it, and it's not right what's happening to you and yours. So, right. and how I, can I get in the way of what's happening and and help? But but we are we are we are yeah we are all the same as not going to do that. That's just to shut everything up.
0: Right. It feels like just like a you know. It's on a greeting card or something.
2: Um, a little bit. It's a little. It's a little. I'd like to teach the world to say. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're making yeah. the Coca-Cola commercial over here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, and I and I think and I don't really have a problem. You know, look, I, I understand. I think people are well-meaning. It is well-intended. I get it. I get what you're trying to say. But it's it. It's not even that it's inaccurate. Is that it? Just it doesn't. It's like. Um making French fries with uh, carrots. You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't meet the moment. It is not the proper <laughs> ingredient. You know what I mean? It's like I it t- like if you want to say something, I'll I'll take a like I'm anti racist. I'll take that, I'll hear that or whatever. Um mm-hmm. But something like, the, you know, the Coca-Cola commercial doesn't meet the moment. It is just not the right uh, element yeah, for this moment. Yeah, we're kind
2: of beyond, which is what I mean when I think, like, oh, wow, it's sticking. Because right. Because someone can say we are all the same and about 15 voices will come out of nowhere and go. Mm, uh, yeah, rethink, rethink. Not exactly. Uh, and, and hopefully, that is, that is hopefully they're coming
0: out in a way, because again, I don't. I'm. A, I, I understand why people say things like that, and I do believe they're well intentioned.
2: Yeah, I um, don't want to chase them back into a hole. No, don't definitely. I, yeah, I, 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 I want, want to embrace, to, embrace. Hello, sure. come. Let's have a
0: chat. Right, uh, but they
2: also have to do some of the work that's necessary. I mean, and
0: in general,
2: ah, yeah, the, we all do. We, we all do. do.
0: And then the the other thing is my knee-jerk reaction to social media in the last, like, 10 days has been to shut the fuck up. Like, I really don't want to add and say something I'm just, that I just don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so it's felt very, I've just been very tentative about saying anything, you know, um, because I just feel like maybe that, maybe, my, that's my job is to not say anything. I mean, you know, obviously I have this podcast, so I say a fucking lot. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, closing thoughts, Amy Goodman on social media's uh, interplay with all of this.
1: I mean, it's absolutely critical because no longer do you have the standard gatekeepers. So when a 17-year-old girl uh, flips open her phone or we don't even flip them open anymore and starts filming, that gets out there and it doesn't have to go through the conventional places. And how important it is overall that we support independent media so that when we're covering war and peace, we're not brought to you by weapons manufacturers. And that's another issue um, in all of this issue of police and defunding the police, is the issue of the militarization of police. Um, Now, people like the Hawaii senator, even Brian Schatz, and others, certainly grassroots activists. And we saw this at the standoff at Standing Rock, the militarized police. You saw it in Ferguson after the uh, death of Michael Brown. People met by fully militarized police departments. That has to stop stop. Because the people of this country, the protesters, are not the enemy, despite the fact that President Trump calls them terrorists. It's simply a lie. And as long as, um, you know, the weapons from Afghanistan, Iraq, come back and are given to local police departments, I mean, that's recycling in America today. And that has to stop. And also, Tear gas and pepper spray, uh, rubber bullets. These are not non-lethal, and they are wounding people all over this country.
0: Uh, yeah. Thank you. That was like a that was like a like a dose of democracy now in like a thirty second wrap up, uh, which is <laughs> why you're a legend. Um, let us take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about um, <laughs> the pandemic. <laughs> still happening Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you. With a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you. Rocket Money for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. Uh, We're reopening. We're here in New York. We're in phase one. Um, I've seen we're open signs gleefully adorned on stores. I've seen some signs of life in commerce, and yet, as we reopen, 21 states are seeing a rise in coronavirus cases. Um, (laughs) Is there a pandemic? I I mean, what's happening?
2: I mean, I'm still scared. I'm still scared. I'm not going. I'm in a basement apartment. I rarely go out. I have to, for my day job, go out once a a week um, and go to the office because I'm an office manager, and that is an odd job to do remotely. Right. Right. Uh, you have to literally be near the office, uh, to manage it. Uh, basically I just call on my coworkers and make sure they have coffee in the morning. But, um, (laughs) I don't, um, I, I, so I do see some action out, out in the streets once a week, but I don't, uh, everything where my job is, it's, uh, in an area that was kind of hard hit by looters a couple of weeks yeah. ago. So everything has been boarded up. Right. And uh, I and today I noticed a lot of people walking around, and I don't know why, because there's nothing to do or see. And it just felt a lot like, well, we're out because we can be, because we've been opened, and I'm going to wear my mask on my chin, because that's where the coronavirus gets out. Just through the, ch- you know <laughs> what I mean, and I just thought, what do? Just because it's phase one, there's nothing here for you. This is a, a heavy retail area, and they it's, everything was just boarded up last week. Where are you – what are you guys doing? Well, I actually
0: just saw people – just saw a couple of stores this morning taking the the boards down. And those
2: would be, so like, it, the ones that can sell. Because I, I also was kind of confused as to what's supposed to happen in phase one. We're talking yeah, construction. Yeah, yeah, a little
0: confusing. We're talking
2: uh, – I guess maybe some retail places, if you order ahead, or they can do curbside pickup. Um, right. Restaurants, I guess, can do pickup and delivery, although a, there were quite a few of them that were doing that anyway.
0: Yeah, it is a little confusing. Amy Goodman, the, the, in Las Vegas, they opened up
1: the casinos. Um, what do you think? I would say it's a sure bet that we're in trouble. And Shalewa is not just afraid, she's smart. I mean, you're right not to go out. Um, The coronavirus uh, is not an equal uh, opportunity, Uh, uh, doesn't hit people equally. And all of us have to be so careful right now But even the assistant health um, uh, secretary, one of the top administrators under President Trump right now, testified before Congress this week and said, you know, your health depends on really which zip code you live in. I mean, this has exposed the fissures of our society. I think it's appropriate we start with the issue of police brutality. Who gets hurt and who doesn't in this country? And then we move on to the pandemic because they're both exposing Uh, Inequality. Who lives and who dies? And horrifyingly, though the virus doesn't care itself when it makes its way to different people hosts, um, the We have clearly seen the racial disparities. It's not so easy to find out the information though, except the word and the community, because for so long in this country, they have not kept the demographic information. And that's another demand that's being made Mm -hmm. all over that we know who's living and who's dying. But right now, as you said, As states open up, over a dozen of them are seeing a surge in coronavirus. I mean, a thousand people at least a day are dying. It is absolutely inexcusable that we are the wealthiest country on earth. And yet we have between a third and a quarter of the deaths and a third and a quarter of the infections in the entire world, but we're less than 5% of the population. How is this possible? (laughs) It's possible because we have a science-denying president who lives in the White House, who— disbanded his pandemic um, task force two years ago. So when he was sitting there in December and saying, we're going to spend money on the on the wall, we're going to spend money on bombs, there was no one there to say, sir, there's an epidemic coming our way. We've got to look at this. And then even when all the intelligence agencies weighed in, uh, his top, even if they're sycophants, agency heads weighed in. He imposed a Chinese travel ban. But what about... The personal protective gear, the PPE. What about the tests? Even today in this country, so many communities can't get tests. Um, it's almost as hard to get a tested as it is to vote in this country right now, and that's an unbelievably. I mean, is serious there is issue. there
0: is there something you can is there something you would envision happening that would not then make us take it more seriously again like if there's a spike in two weeks because of the protests or I don't know what and again you don't want to be like don't protest right because this is also a world historic moment so you you want to say, yes, do protest because it's extremely important.
1: Wear um, masks. But also be uh, so, really right, diligent. Wear masks, yeah. socially distance. And I want to say, who are the biggest culprits who are not wearing masks? Here in New York, these young people who are racing by in the streets, most of them are wearing masks. It's the police yeah. who are not day after day, as I go outside and see police, Frankly, for all through the first part of the pandemic, it was rare that I saw a police officer wearing a mask. And they are then arresting people who aren't wearing masks, not white people, not white people. Um, They're giving out masks to white people and for example, Central Park, um, but doing these social distance arrests. But they are the biggest culprits there. And then you look at the protesters who are being arrested. Inexcusable how they're treated, held for more than 24 hours in this city, in New York City alone, crowded in um, uh, to these facilities where they're jailed. Um, So there is a lot to be out on the streets about, but people have to be extremely careful.
2: I'm concerned about, um, I'm concerned, of course, about people who are protesting and having to deal with um, Mm -hmm. folks who are not wearing masks. But I'm also concerned with the places that didn't necessarily take um, the isolation nation seriously. Seriously, Um, yeah. uh, And like, I, I, I really think about Georgia because that's where I grew up. Um, and I've got family there and, um, you know, uh, I, a lot of my family, they work in some sort of service industry. Um, my sister, uh, you know, waits tables. So then it's a matter mm-hmm. of when can she get back to waiting tables? And, uh, you know, in a lot of places, that's the issue. When can I get back to work? When can I get back to do this thing that, um, is not necessarily safe, but, no one is really looking out for everyone do you, do you know what i mean so yeah. so she yeah. uh so you know there are lots of people who are now having to um wait t- uh, uh, that those are the stats that i'm thinking of that i'm trying to keep an eye out for people where they've already they ultimately their shutdown lasted possibly 2 weeks Because they didn't pay attention in the beginning. And then it got kind of dire. And they're like, all right, all right, let's shut it down. And then after a couple of weeks, they were like, well, it says it takes two weeks for people to get sick. And you guys seem fine. Open it back up again. And um, right. It's uh, that's really what yeah, I'm concerned about that. I, I, you know, I have friends who are and it, it could be a different situation because we are um, in New York City and we are living on top of each other in a way that certainly is uncomfortable. And uh, but, you know,
0: I <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to say, can I just say about we living on top of each other? It's also it's fantastic. Like, you we're know, still here, I right? just came back from Southern California. I just came back from Southern California. We had a bunch of space. We were in cars, and I was like, even in a pandemic, I'd rather yeah, be in Europe. Yeah, because
2: there are so many people, and they have to um, take care of it because there are so many people yeah. uh, because in a small yeah. space. Whereas I feel like where there is space to be kind of spread out, you can miss a whole county yeah, or two. And you get a yeah, little lag you know, of course, go ahead completely. and have a, it's have a graduation remember, party yeah. and now we've got that as a point, you know, as completely, a vector. Completely. And so it's it's it, that's really where I I I'm worried because there are large parts of the country that haven't had the personal touch yet of COVID. Yeah. COVID I mean, hasn't touched right. the, the finger of COVID hasn't touched them in a way yet where they feel that this is serious
1: and we have to be really concerned where is dr fauci right we had daily briefings from the scientists yeah. and the medical professionals and now at the riskiest moment at the moment where these states are opening where are the scientists regularly day by day out there at the White House, they have a global platform saying what needs to be done to be safest, that this isn't being done for political reasons, that this is done on basic good public health principles. And you can't trust that if the doctors and the scientists are not the ones out front. Well,
2: I mean, they tried to be out front, but, uh, you know, they, they got a little too much shine. And as we know, our president does not like it when people popular, who work popular. for him... Uh, get attention! Suddenly, they are gone. Um,
0: uh, I just want to uh, close up this segment by by letting you guys know about a tweet I read from our our buddy Vicky Cooperman, who you've heard on the show before, comedian uh, who we all know and love. She posted something like, "You know, we're o- we're reopening because we have enough hospital beds, not because the pandemic is over." So, as you go about your day, remember. There is a hospital bed with your name on it. I hope you don't want to use it. <laughs> um, all right. Before we move on to topic number three, I want to remind people about Bonus the Nation. You guys, that's the um, the uh, extras show. Uh, we have extra show. Um, sorry, I'm all over the place. Like I said, I only got three hours of sleep on a plane. It sucked. Uh bonus there's a new bonus the nation episode coming out tomorrow and what we talk about is do you want to be copied after you die uh, we also ask what TV world would you like to be transported to and like live in? Um, it was a ridiculous and fun conversation with Gastor Almonte and Katie Kampa, in which we just asked many of the eternal questions of life. We had a lot of fun. Um, please subscribe to Citra premium to get these additional episodes, um, that we're calling bonus the nation. But if you like fake the nation, yell love, Bonus the nation. And for a free month trial of Stitcher Premium, use the code FAKE. That's F-A-K-E. You'll get a free month trial of Stitcher Premium. So just go to stitcherpremium.com, figure that out. And you'll support the show. A show that um, actually pays its panelists. And uh, we want to be able to keep our standards. Uh, We're one of the few podcasts that does that. So um, help us continue um, doing what we do. All right. And... Before we get into topic number three, I just want to mention, I I mentioned this very briefly last week, but I want to really seriously mention it now. Um, I have a new short film out. We put it out online for free because pandemic got in the way of all of our plans. It's called "The Morning Papers," morning as in grief, uh, and you can see it at slash stream Again, that's slash stream um, Check it out. I'm I'm proud of it. It's about two undocumented uh, sisters um, from Iran who have to deal with a death in the family, and um, despite that dire description, it is actually a comedy, and uh, and. Y- if you can tip the filmmakers proceeds go to the actors fund and to the workers justice project uh so you know please help us raise money uh, for those um, organizations and we've already raised um uh, several hundred dollars so far and so i'm 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 hoping to raise more and uh thanks for those of you who've already seen it again it's slash stream and the film is called the morning papers it is but a 10 minute short film uh it'll it'll delight you hopefully hopefully in 10 minutes. Now, let's move on to topic number three. Okay. We read an article by Ann Applebaum in The Atlantic, and it's called, History Will Judge the Complicit. Why have Republican leaders abandoned their principles in support of an immoral and dangerous president? I have long wondered about this, so it was really interesting for me to read this piece. You know, she starts out talking a lot about East Germany and how there was um she she kind of pairs people up in different authoritarian settings and describes one that stuck with the regime the shitty regime and collaborated and the other that openly criticized and maybe had to leave become a dissident um what did you, so she and she she points out um that there's kind of a couple categories here for example when you look at the vichy regime they're there in two basic categories. People that collaborated because it was involuntary, they had no choice, right? Fear of death. And then voluntary collaborators. And those there's two kind of um, categories among the voluntary collaborators. The first are people who are doing it in the national interest. They rationalize that collaborating was necessary for the preser- preservation of the French economy or French culture. And the second among those are people who truly have active, like, you know... Ideologically aligned Uh, people who believed that Republican France had been weak or 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 corrupt and that the Nazis would actually strengthen it. Um, So they had a complete ideological alignment with um, uh, with the Nazis. So so she brings this into the Trump context and she talks about Lindsey Graham and Mitt Romney and Amy Goodman. We've seen two different reactions from from Lindsey Graham and Mitt Romney when it comes to Donnie. Lindsey has basically gone full throttle on the Donnie. He goes on gone golf trips. He brags about the golfing. He's like excited every time he gets invited over to the White House. Uh, Mitt Romney was marching, as you mentioned earlier, marching with Black Lives Matter. Stunning, by the way, stunning. He voted to convict the president um, in the Senate trial. Um, and so, but, and yet they had very similar beginnings as these sort of like, I, you know, ideologically pure conservative Republicans. Can you explain what happens to people like Lindsay versus people like Mitt Romney?
1: Well, obviously I can't get into their heads, but at this point, I think Republicans are running scared, it's no excuse. I mean, I just watched one after another of them after Trump had this vile, obscene tweet. It was after George Floyd was murdered and many people all over the country were protesting, including a 75-year-old white peace activist in Buffalo doing his thing as he has for years, Martin uh, Gugino. And police, as he walked up to them, pushed him backwards. He slammed his head against the ground, blood coming out of his ears and his head, and dozens of police special forces just walked past him. President Trump sees the video because it was captured on tape, and the day George Floyd is laid to rest, does he write about George Floyd or send condolences? No. He... Puts out this warped conspiracy theory in a tweet against Gugino, who is an active member of Witness Against Torture, you know, an ally of the Catholic Worker Movement, Mm. um, deep peace activist for many, many years, and says he was faking his (laughs) fall. The man was brought to the hospital in critical condition that he was Antifa which so yeah, is the he anti-fascist he group. It. He was an Antifa pro- provocateur, he said. Um, Trump just lies to distract attention. But what's significant here goes to your point. So reporters gathered at the Capitol and they asked one Republican, a senator from North Dakota, Mitch McConnell, after another, what do you say about this outright lie? And none of them would respond oh, so. except Mitt Romney. Um, who knows why they do this? They have cast their lot with him. I am more interested in people who are actually losing as a result of Trump's policies and support him. You know, people at the very top actually are gaining, although no one gains. As we see with the pandemic, Of one person is sick, we are all threatened. And if we have an unequal society, even people at the top, are not in a safe position, but they have made a fortune off the pandemic. You know, getting millions from the stimulus package, billionaires have made a fortune right now. Um, if only they would put it into Amazon workers, you know, if Jeff Bezos yep. would, he has made a fortune right now, both um, uh, from just direct payments and, but, uh, I think what matters is having a media that tells the truth and is unrelenting. President Trump calls the media the enemy of the American people. Of course, just turn over anything he says. It's the exact opposite. The media is essential to the functioning of a democratic society. And I would just say um, when people focus on those that support the horror and the lies, um, what matters is what other people do, and that's what we have to focus on.
0: What I love, too, about this this story, about this horrendous tweet, uh, is that reporters have been asking for years now, you know, a reaction from members of Congress and senators, what do you think about this tweet that the president wrote? And like, they've always been like, yeah, I didn't see it. I don't know what you're talking about. Bye. You know what I mean? They just like walk away acting like they- That's know. exactly oh, what they did this time. I don't follow time. the news. I don't know. So what the reporters did was like print out the tweet so they could be like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't walk away. It's right here. Go ahead and see it. You know what I mean? Because that. And they still acted like, no, no, I gotta go. I don't, eh, well, I can't read. Bye. You know what I mean? And so it, the reporters have t- really tried to get uh, a, a comment. I think, Shalewa, well, what is it? One of the, the, the theories in the article is that it's the pleasure of conformity that keeps them silent. Um, do you think that has something to do with it? I mean, if you had to put your finger on what's driving, because they themselves are probably, you know, mortified by those tweets and yet they say nothing so is i mean i guess it could be
2: it could be conformity um uh or just comfort in general um uh the country's going through a lot of changes um and uh i think i feel like some people thought those changes maybe or feared those changes during um uh president obama's time yeah uh, and it didn't happen and so i feel like people rushed in like hey this didn't happen let's go in here quick and lock it down because you know we don't want this right um and unfortunately uh yeah you can't yeah you can't stop progress it's too late we're we're progressing
0: <laughs> Remember, I mean, Obama wore a tan oh, suit my goodness. and that was like the, the, the end, end of day That days. was the
2: end. And so I, I uh, do feel, I mean, I feel like there's just, it feels kind of last gaspy where they're just like, okay, this is uh, I I don't even know. Like they they feel the flames burning the bottoms of their shoes and they're just trying to jump around them. I can't I I, I would like to think that the acid reflux situation going on with the Republican uh, politicians right now is astronomical. Just you can't find Tums anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's they must have (laughs) a heartburn just from their forehead to their knees. Everything.
0: The outbreak of IBS. has got to be burning because
2: I don't, I I can't understand. I mean, they're really trying to hold on to something that I believe a lot of people thought was their birthright. And, um, and
0: right. Well, let's talk about like collaborators who stay because they think they can make the change from within. I'm talking about people like the the person who wrote that anonymous letter, whoever the fuck that was, Gary Cohn, James Mattis. These are these are people, you know, especially someone like James Mattis who's extremely respected, who stayed in the game, I think, because out of a sense of national duty and because he thought he could curb the president's worst instincts. Um, does that... Amy, are you...
1: Oh, I think that has an enormous effect. Mattis, Kelly, Alan, you've got these um, four- and three-star generals. The heads of the military. You wonder if there's going to be some kind of palace coup. When is that moment that you had, for example, with Richard Nixon? And despite what people might think, it came at the very, very end when the leadership walked over to the White House and said, you're through. I mean, it's astounding when you see how small the circle is around President Trump, and it's mainly his family. I mean, when I saw with that scurrilous uh, tweet Against a man who is in critical condition in the hospital, pushed down by Buffalo police, assaulted. I mean, the police officers were charged with assault, and many more should have been charged with complicity because they no one bent down to help him. But when you saw Mark Meadows, now his chief of staff, and Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, and that's important, he's the senior advisor and his son-in-law, Ivanka Trump, who was just disinvited from giving a graduation speech because she's also his senior advisor. It's only his family that's left, this very small circle around him. Um, what it would take. I always thought, having lost many members of my family in the Holocaust, you know, I, as I grew up, I used to wonder, uh, why would non-Jewish people help Jewish people who were targeted? Why would mm. they risk everything? They were called the righteous, and I was most fascinated by them. When people had only everything to lose, why would they risk it for other people? And uh, But it's a little different now, because all of these guys have so much to lose, and I think they are understanding that now. At this point, I mean, it's all about the elections, and at this point, they're only counting on suppression of the vote, which is why, by the way, it is so important on all of these issues to continually talk about voting, who's going to have the right to vote. And this yeah. whole issue of mail-in voting, the most vulnerable communities, the ones that are hardest hit, um, that they have to stand in, like we saw just in Georgia this week, thousands of people waiting hour after hour endangering their health. They have to choose their voting over their own lives. Yep. And President Trump has to depend on the suppression of vote. He's been very clear. The more people vote, the less chance I have. That has to be turned around. Uh, People have to be able to vote. And that's how a democracy lives. That's how it breathes. Um,
0: I, you know, I have to be a little, a touch sympathetic with the collaborators because I saw an element of their behavior in myself uh, one of the things that Ann Applebaum points out is that the way you're able to sort of explain or justify all of the misbehavior of your leader, quote unquote, is that the the changes happen very incrementally. So in the beginning, it's just like a lie about the size of the inauguration crowd, right? And you're like, okay, well, that was dumb. Like that stuff is not going to happen all the time. And then that happened. And then another like a tiny thing happens. And then, oh, okay. So like he put a bunch of shitty people in his cabinet that are all, none of them uh, divested from, uh, put their their money in a blind trust. They're all just going to directly benefit. Okay, well, okay, we'll overlook that because look, he's going to, the courts, it'll be great. And little by little, you just keep seeing a thing and you explain to yourself Like Oh, that's just one additional little thing. That's just one additional little thing. And then you find yourself just like waist deep in the swamp yourself. I mean, it's so much harder to trudge out of it or even know that you got in there. And I think, you know, we've all worked for shitty bosses, right? We've all had shitty bosses and we say to them, ah, okay, I'll let, you know what? I'm going to pick my battles, you know, and then you realize you've picked no battles at a certain point. You've not picked a battle. You are just letting the boss roll. And the, and, and the reason I see myself in this a little bit, which I don't mean to be too so sympathetic with these uh, collaborators, um, though I'm hardwired to be sorry. Uh, I feel like I had, a, I had a shitty boyfriend, who among us has not, and he used to just criticize fucking everything about me, right? And it started off small. Like you criticize a little thing and I'm like, all right. It's, what's the point in arguing? It's a, maybe he might have a point, whatever. And then he would criticize another thing and then another thing. And then like four years in, I realized I had like outsourced the entirety of my character to his assault. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, But it happened so gradually that I didn't quite realize it was happening. And I feel like, you know, and these things are at the end of the day, a relationship. So you sort of can see it. Like if you, if you, if you uh, affix the relationship model onto it, you see how it's possible oh yeah
2: yeah and basically um anyone who is not a fan of trump is um your girlfriend who you who sees it happening and is uh sending you messages via twitter that's like girl (laughs) you need to leave him he is hurting you and everything (laughs) around you and now that is rubbing off on me because I see it and I can't shake it off as, you know, as easy yeah. as you can. And, I mean, you know, who listens to that girlfriend? You, you know, who among <laughs> us? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what I feel like a, right. a lot of people have been screaming um, since day one, since days negative 20, really. <laughs> I mean, people have been screaming <laughs> that this could happen, um, that this probably will happen. And, um, I don't know. I think there's, uh, there was a a bit of fatigue. He rode a wave of fatigue in because it wasn't just little things. It was a lot of little things, roughly every 30 hours. And so you didn't, you couldn't even pick your battle. Yeah. yeah, There's so many different, I, I just to keep my soul Mm -hmm. intact, would pick five things to be angry about. Do you know what I mean? That's that's all yeah. I could do. And now, I mean, unfortunately, we've we've all been streamlined to this. This is, the, and even this is like, well, yes, there's definitely racial discord in the streets and the whole police thing. But you know, that was on top of a pandemic. Do you know what I mean? Like, even this can't be yep. just a simple we hate them for this reason. And this is the one we need to concentrate on. It's, it's still a lot coming at us. And I, I truly don't know how those, how anyone who's not related to them or benefiting in some sort of monetary way is able to get up and keep it moving. I don't understand what's happening with Lindsey Graham. I hope someone gives him the hug that he is searching (laughs) because that's, I mean, I, I don't get how that is happening.
0: All right, well, that is the end of the show. (laughs) That's the end of the show. We ended it on, how is Lindsey Graham, uh, can someone give that man a hug? Uh, I want to ask you guys, as we close here, is there anything that's making you feel hopeful? Just briefly, uh, Amy, is there anything that makes you feel hopeful about this moment?
1: I mean, the movements that are... Um, forming right now, whether you're talking about Black Lives Matter, uh, whether you're talking about people deeply concerned about health care in this country and the whole Medicare for All movement, the movements that are there on the ground that are talking about essentially changing society to protect everyone. And it's not only in this country. It's a movement that's sweeping the world right now. If the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we are all one. If someone in China gets sick, we have to be worried. Um, And we need a global media that is talking about this and is providing a forum for people to speak for themselves. So that level of uprising and questioning um, about governments that are not serving the people, that's what gives me the ultimate hope. And, you know, interviewing people every day on Democracy Now! and democracynow.org and seeing their passion, their commitment, uh, seeing their very clear views on what has to take place, imagining a new world and working for it. Uh,
2: Shall I Um, Mind you a little more... uh, granular actually it's um the conversations that are happening um between friends like um honest conversations that you didn't Mm. know um that you'd have to have or would be able to have with particular people Mm -hmm. that um yep uh you're getting to more of an understanding of others uh in a deeper way and they're getting to understand you more and um That actually gives me hope, coming from not from a big uh, space going down, but from like the smaller space, the individuals making those connections and that building up is uh, is kind of hopeful to me. That's that's where
1: I think that's very hopeful. That's the area
2: that. that I'm in is the talking with people who I thought I knew pretty well, and now we're really talking and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. You know, we're really hashing this out and, um, you know, and giving the other person space to, and the understanding to hash it out and really think it through and and that kind of thing. Th- yeah. those, uh, those kinds of conversations give me hope.
0: I love that. Uh, well, Now that we've reached the end of the show, uh, Amy Goodman, where do people find you online? What do you want them to look at? Tell them they will immediately
1: follow you. Oh, go to us at Instagram and go to us on YouTube and go to us on Facebook. But most importantly, democracynow.org. Every single day we do a daily grassroots global news hour, bringing out the voices of people who I really do think represent the majority of people uh, in the world who care about war and peace, inequality, who care about the climate crisis, racial injustice. I really don't think they are a fringe minority or even a silent majority, but the silenced majority, silenced by the corporate media, which is why we have to take the media back.
0: Uh, absolutely, you should be following Democracy Now! and um, tuning into every episode. It's such a fantastic resource. It really, really is. Um, Shalewa, mm. I want you to tell everyone where to get all of the fantastic comedy that you have to offer. Uh, and now that we're not performing,
2: oh, <laughs> at right. the very sure. least, your sure. your tweet. I um, <laughs> well on all of the social medias. You can find me um, at Silky Jumbo. Uh, all one word, traditional spelling. Um, and that's uh, that's where you can find, uh, you know, some clips of comedy that I've done. I had a set, a 12-minute set drop in the middle of all of this on Comedy Central. And um, we're, luckily, I told a reparations joke. So it's still topical, <laughs> everyone. Um, uh, I've got a couple of albums, one called Stay Eating Cookies and one called So You Just Out Here. Um, both of those are available where you can buy these things. Um, and, um, every week on Tuesday nights at seven, I host, uh, a comedy show called Whiplash and it's, a uh, it's been around for years, but because of this and what we're going through and the version I have ended up hosting, it ends up being like a really, uh, fun conversation between comedians, just trying to work out what's going on um and so i just kind of guide them through that uh and that's you can you can get tickets to that through Littlefield. Uh, LittlefieldNYC.com. Um, that's usually where tickets are. And
0: yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've, uh, Whiplash has been around. Whiplash is like a, a, a veteran in the field. Of yeah, the a little
2: bit of a little bit of an institution. So,
0: um, so uh, folks. Also, uh, a listener wrote to me um, to share with you guys about Resist I've mentioned Resistpot before. I'm pretty sure, uh, but I want to just mention it again now that we're ramping up for the elections. Uh, resist bot is a great place you just text resist to 50409 and it helps you figure out who all of your representatives are and what kind of messages you want to send to them um it's easy it's fantastic it's it, there's no barrier to entry you just text uh you just text 50409 text the word resist uh and i want to thank the um Oh, and, and as for me, you know where to find me. And again, com slash stream to see my new film, The Morning Papers. Uh, I want to thank all the people here that make Fake the Nation possible. That's our producer, Anita Flores, our Townsend audio engineer, Andy Christens. Gabby, Alter, Rotor theme music. Lily Fleshler helps with research, and we'd love to hear from you. So send us your feedback, topics we should be chatting about, guest ideas. You can leave us a voicemail at 331-901-0005, or you can drop us an email at comments at fakedonation.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review because uh, it helps people find the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, You guys are fantastic, and we'll be back next week.
1: Thank you.